I think I might have kicked your pastor out. It, it, it might have, could have happened. About four weeks ago, we started this journey in Mark, right? I'm sitting there right in the center there. First of all, my daughter taught me the, the, the magic of the center, man. They always kick the pastors to the side or backstage. But man, when you, when you just sit right in this section right in here, dude, that worship just comes over you, doesn't it? Get here early. Get this section right here. My daughter taught me the magic. The... Um, and so we're sitting there and we're looking through the, the, the pamphlet. We're going to go through Mark. I'm like, all right, that's great. That's great. And I was already scheduled to come to your teen night on Friday for, for, for this weekend. And we had, we had a great time on Friday night. Man, you got some great teenagers here, man. For real. For real. It was weird. I, te- I talk to teens all the time. And usually, you know, they're on the phone. They're like, okay, I'm wrapping up. <laughs> Y'all's teens are like this. They're like glued. I, I, I spoke way too long, too. Way, way too long. They were right there, though. They were right there, man. We're sitting there. We look through. Just, oh, yeah. My, my daughter goes, oh, yeah, so you're coming that Friday. Well, that week they're doing Mark 5. You like Mark 5, don't you, Dad? I'm like, first of all, how do you know that? Like, what daughter knows their dad's favorite part of Scripture, right? That's weird and awesome. And then I'm like, yeah, I do. She goes, you, you like to preach about Mark 5. Why don't you just tell Marco you're just taking over that weekend? I said, that's done. I just started texting him. He's, he's preaching up here. I'm just texting him. Hey, Marco, um, my other daughter lives in Florida, and she was scheduled to be up visiting me this weekend. So that means her house is free in Florida. Marco, here's what you're going to do. I'm coming Friday. Then I'm going to come back on Sunday. I'm preaching Mark 5. You're going to go to Florida and stay at my daughter's place. I don't know if your pastor really needed a vacation, but in five minutes, he's a pastor, he's on stage, I bet, <laughs> done. I didn't make it out to the parking lot. He goes, already made the flight arrangement, got it. We're leaving Thursday, right? Bill's the coolest man I know though, for real. If you don't know Pastor Marco, get to know this man right here. He might be the coolest man I know. Friday night, we were looking at um, Mark 4. We've been just walking through. Mark is an interesting book. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all disciples who wrote about their encounters with Jesus. Mark, though, he always seems to find a way to explain how people didn't get Jesus. Literally, Mark could be called the book about Jesus putting up with the people who didn't get it till they got it. (laughs) And his own disciples didn't even get him most of the time. And now it's easy for us to judge. You know, we, we look back and we're like, oh, you're so stupid. Look at you, doubting Thomas. Don't you know who you were with? But they didn't. And Jesus was just patient with them, putting up with the people who didn't get it until they got it. Watch what happens on Mark 4. Jesus, anybody here, boat people? Anybody own a boat or like to be in boats? This message is for you because Jesus loves boats. He all about the beach and boating. So he just climbs in a boat and goes, hey, I don't even know whose boat this is. Let's go to the other side of the lake. And his disciples go like this. Cool, let's do it. Just like Marco. Yeah, bet. All right, good. Already made the flight arrangements. Let's go. So they get in this boat. Halfway there. Um, and maybe, maybe you can show this picture. I, ask me why. I don't know. I come to speak to your teens, and I decide to show a Rembrandt. And my wife's like, you think the kids like fine art? Is that, is that trending these days? I'm like, I, I don't even know. 
but I just think this is so cool. First of all, he was a teenager when he wrote this, when he painted this. Second of all, he liked to paint stuff like fruit and it's weak. It's just like a bowl of lemons. Dude, what are you doing? This Dutch, this Dutch dude just painting lemons. But this one time, he said he was gripped by Mark chapter 4. And on the Sea of Galilee, he said there was the scene in the Bible. And he does really some interesting things with it. Here they are. Disciples. Jesus. They're in the boat. And the Bible says a furious squall comes up. First of all, when's the last time you used the word squall? <laughs> Paired it with furious, right? This furious squall comes up. And half of the disciples are fishermen. They know a furious squall and they know the damage that can happen and they're panicked. You can see them in the boat. Some of them are getting to work. They, they see things breaking and the sails got to come down and some of them are trying to steer the boat. A bunch of them are bothering Jesus, though. You know why? Because the Bible says this. He's in the stern of the boat. You know, that is the back. And guess what he's doing? Sleeping. Just sleeping. That's what he does. In the furious squall, sleeping. And guess where he's sleeping? In the back of the boat. And the, Mark says this. I don't even know why he puts this in there. On a cushion. <laughs> Jesus just be sleeping on a cushion. In a furious squall. And they're losing their minds. If you count carefully, you'll count 14 people in this picture. It's weird, because there's 12 disciples, and then Jesus, that's 13. Who's the 14th dude? Guess who it is? Rembrandt. He paints himself in the picture. And everybody else is busy and panicked and got their eyes focused somewhere. He's staring right at you. And they said, Why, why'd you do that? He said, well, I was intimidated. I mean... I'm not worthy to be in a boat with Jesus, but every time I read Mark 4, I see myself there. And I want you to see yourself. That's why he's just staring right out to be right here. One of my favorite pictures of this is not when Jesus is awake, but when he's still sleeping. I used to hate this when I was a kid. I used to feel like, hey, in my storm, God, don't sleep. <laughs> please stay attentive to my needs, please. But as I've gotten older, you know what I love the most? Is when the Prince of Peace is sleeping on a cushion. Because you know why? All is well. But stretches a furious squall. Not for Jesus. The Prince of Peace, in the middle of my storm, says, come on, sit on the cushion. Take a nap. We're good. I'm not surprised by this. I'm not worried about this. I'm not anxious about what's going to happen next. I got you. So much so that it looks like I'm sleeping on the job. That's just peace, dude. And if you keep your mind stayed on me, I will keep you in perfect peace. Even the squall around you, it can't harm you. I've got you. I love that Rembrandt does this too. In the midst of the dark skies, he cracks open the veil just a little bit of a, and just gives us a little hope that in the direction that Jesus is going, there's brighter days, better days coming. He just opens up kind of the curtain of the squall and says, 
I've seen behind all of that. That's just a facade. That's just your today. That's your circumstance, this moment. But I got something bigger, better, brighter. Hang in there with me. I got you. He stands up. Coolest man on the planet. Looks at the wind and goes, that's enough. And the wind stops. He looks at the waves and he goes, hey, hey, hey. That's enough. And the waves, calm as could be. And no one on the planet is understanding what's going on but these dudes right here. And they go like this. Who is this Jesus that even the wind and the waves obey him? Who is this in our boat? Who is in our midst here? The people that God has to put up with who don't get it until they start to get it. They get out of the boat, pull up on shore, and watch what happens. Mark 5, Jesus climbs out of the boat right after a furious squall that Jesus naps through because he's Lord of the wind and the rain. Gets out of the boat, and a man comes running to him. Take a look at who this man is. Let's see that scripture up there. They arrive to the other side of the lake in the region of, um, you know, the the place. If you... (laughs) If you struggle sometimes with like names in the Bible and stuff, don't say them. You don't need to know that information. That's a spot that they went to, and that's not integral to the story. So you're good. I went to seminary for 10 years. I don't know. had that. I don't know. I don't know. But they get out of the boat and they're at the spot. All right. Scripture's very user-friendly if you let it, okay? (laughs) Imagine if this was your life. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. What? Who is this man? He tells the wind and the waves to calm down, and then possessed people come running out of the cemetery. This dude's got a crazy life. The man lived in the burial caves and he could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Who's restraining people with chains? Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and he smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he would wander among the burial caves and the tombs and the hills. And he would howl and cut himself with sharp stones. What a miserable existence, gripped by evil, just overcome. A lot of us have had a bad day, right? This is just a bad life. Kicked out of town, nobody can restrain him, everybody's scared of him, everybody knows who the crazy dude is, but nobody can deal with him. And he howls at the moon and he cuts himself open just to feel anything filled with darkness. But he recognizes Jesus and comes running towards him. Jesus doesn't go searching this guy out. Jesus is like, dude, we just had a storm. I'm tired. I want to eat. I don't need to go find a crazy guy in the tombs. Crazy guy comes and finds him. When Jesus was some distance away, the man saw him and he ran to meet him. 
dude, if you, if you don't make it through the rest of this 16-week journey through the book of Mark, stop right here. If this is all you can take for the next 16 weeks, right here. Whenever you encounter the Christ, run to meet him. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't, don't check your phone or make sure you got the right. Just go. Just go to him. He's the answer. He's the rescuer. He's the healer. He's the provider. He's your maker. He's the lover of your soul. You're not enough unless he comes. And when he comes, go to him. Just go. Listen, we're just going to, let's close in prayer because you don't need anything, boss. That's, that's all I got for you, for real. Because I'm not enough unless he comes. The beauty of scripture is that that's, this is where God comes. It's where he's ushered into our lives. You open it up and it's this alive, living, breathing document. I've read the Bible hundreds of times. It's always new. It's always fresh. It's always got a word for me every day. How can that be? I'm not enough unless the Holy Spirit comes through the person of Jesus Christ, the lover of my soul. And I am vowing I will run to meet him anywhere. He bowed low before him, filled, riddled with evil. They recognized the Christ and they submit to him, immediately bow low. They start begging him, please don't torture us. Please don't kill us. Swear to God, you won't torture us. Don't send us away from this place. I know who you are. You're Jesus, the son of the most high God. And we submit. You're the boss. The evil ones are bowing low before the Prince of Peace, recognizing him for who he is. The disciples in the boat, they still don't know. Who is this guy? Was he a weatherman? That's crazy what he just did. But the demons from hell knew exactly who the son of the most high God was. He was Jesus the Christ, and he demanded submission. God's going to move in your life probably different than he moves in my life. He's going to call you to things that are probably different than what I'm called to. My wife says, all of that could vary, but our submission all looks the same. Every knee bows. Every tongue will be confessing, Jesus, you're the Christ, the lover of my soul. You're the answer. You are the one. Even the demons in hell recognize who he is and give him proper authority. Do likewise. Find a, just, just as you, if you don't want to listen to me anymore, don't. Tune it out and listen to the Holy Spirit. Is there some things that need submission in your life? Just right where you are, just get down and say, here you go. Here you go. I, I, I've been idolizing certain things. I, I, I spent too much time on this thing. Yeah, it's yours. Whatever it is. Because a submission to the most high God, the one who commands weather, <laughs> who is in authority over the demons from hell. You know what he can do with a submitted life? Rembrandt was a pretty good artist. He was I. But the masterpiece is you. And when the master crafts his masterpiece, a submitted life, like Plato, warm and pliable, he just starts crafting this masterpiece 
in you. Don't wait. Don't wait any longer. If there's something that you've just been holding back, submit it. Bow by bow before him. If you've already submitted it, but you know you keep snatching it back, get back down. Here you go. I don't know why I keep picking up this mess. I, I don't want that. I want you. I only want you. I only want you. With a shriek, the man says, one of the most unbelievable phrases in scripture. Read that. Just, just have that sink in. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus? People who don't quite get it until they get it. Why are you interfering with, anybody ever been interfered with by Jesus? I have. He interfered a whole bunch of stuff in my life. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And these enemies, they, the demons, they know he is Jesus, son of the most high God. And here you are jacking stuff up for us. Please don't torture us. Please don't send us away. In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. The demon is shrieking. Can you imagine the scene? The disciples who just saw the weather change. At a, now they see this happen. Just, the man comes running from the tombs, throws himself at the feet of Jesus. Disciples must have been like, this is an interesting day. I did not see this coming when I woke up this morning. Wow. It's only three in the afternoon. I'm exhausted. What's he going to do next? But Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. And evil always has to obey the Prince of Peace. You're on the winning side. No weapon that has ever been formed against you by the enemy will prosper in your life. If you stay hand in hand with the Christ, he's got you. Demons flee. They fear. They beg for their life in the presence of the Holy One. And he brings his gentleness, his love, his power. He demands to know their name. Tell me your name. And they say, well, I'm legion. There are many of us in this man. I've got more questions than I have answers about this whole scene. I, I want to be able to unpack all our seminary training and exegete the scripture for you so you could fully understand. I don't. I don't even want to like talking about it that much. I don't like giving the enemy an ounce of credit. Those of you at home, maybe, maybe you've watched enough. Maybe you just want to turn it off because I don't want to talk about evil anymore. But I will talk about freedom because here's what Jesus does. He looks at the man. When they were begging him again and again not to send them to a distant place, he says, come out of the man. And there happened to be, now if you've not heard this story before, here's an odd plot twist. One that I'm very sure you did not see coming. How's this going to resolve itself? There are many evil spirits inside this man, and Jesus is going to cast them out. Where is he going to put them? Into pigs, obviously, about 2,000 of them. The Bible can blow your mind sometimes. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. And the enemy, with his legion of demons, begs, send us to the pigs. How fitting. 
How fitting. That's about what you're worth. Yeah, you get to be in the... Let us enter the pigs. Watch this, though. I, I don't even want to say it. It's so powerful. I don't want the moment to be lost on you for a minute. So I just want you to just focus in camera. Get in real close. Watch this. I can't even read it. It's so powerful. Watch. our God is. He controls the wind and the rain and the storms and the furious squall and even the powers of hell. Can't do a thing without his permission. He's the big boss. And he wants to be intimately connected with his masterpiece, you. How awesome is that? The dude tells the wind, stop it. Waves, simmer down. Evil, bow. I'll grant you permission to leave and enter. And then he reaches out to you and says, and you're my prize. You're the one that makes my heart beat. You're the one that once you submitted to me, woo, it was like your life was like Play-Doh and we started shaping this thing together. And now we get to walk and talk and love and live this life that I breathed into you for you. That's our God. Even commands the power of darkness. I feel a little bad for the pigs. I'm gonna lie. <laughs> I don't have any explanation. I don't know why he decided to go this route. I don't question him. He's the everlasting father. So, in all his infinite wisdom, I just feel bad for the pigs. I don't have to feel bad. 2,000 of them. Imagine the sight. Evil enters them. They get so crazy out of their mind, they just rush over the cliff and they all drown. I, I have no words for you. I have no explanation. I just know when we ask the question, who is this Jesus? Oh, he's so much more than you ever thought. He loves you dearly. He has power beyond anything that you've even ever considered. And he's at your disposal. He's come so close. The incarnation happened. You know what that means? God became us. We didn't get pulled to him. He came to us, became us, so that we could be joint heirs in Jesus Christ. How great is this? If you're new to church, let me apologize. We don't always talk about demons and pigs. Um, this, this is just one of those days. But I want to let you know, man, download the Bible app and get into Scripture. Mark 5 itself is just fascinating. It's so rich. I could preach for, how long we got? Oh, we're going to be here a while. Good. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. People hate when they say that. My wife is like, no, no, no. Dude, it's, it's enough already. Bible is so rich. I mean, literally God's word. You feel a little distant from God? Get into scripture. You know, I'm serious. You will just immediately know that these words are life-giving and truth, peace, direction, wisdom. 
I hate the last part of this story. It scares me. Because I really, really, really don't want to react the way that the people who witnessed this reacted. It may be understandable, but I, I hate it. Herdsmen fled to the nearby towns and they started spreading the message. Remember, no, no texting, no Facebook. You can just like throw it out there. Dude, should have seen crazy man in pigs. So they're, they're yelling it and getting everybody to come out. You will not believe what we just saw. People rushed out to see what happened. A crowd was gathering around Jesus and they saw the man that had been possessed by the legion of demons. He's now sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. Anybody here know what it's like to have Jesus turn your crazy and your chaos into sanity? Ooh, the nuts, the just, the, the uh, unspeakable, the, the, just the chaos. And Jesus just brings order and peace. And here he is, fully clothed, perfectly sane. But the people were afraid. And those who had seen what had happened told the others about it. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus. Man, I hate this. Can you imagine? They're pleading with Jesus to do what? Go away and leave us alone. Most of you woke up today and thought the opposite thought. I'm gonna go over to New Life. I'm gonna tune in online. I wanna make a move in Jesus' direction. Here are the people seeing Jesus in the flesh. Amazing day in history. And they're just pushing him away. It's too much, we don't understand. Please go, please go. And I've realized that I've done the same thing at times, but it's my sin. When I, when I decide to do life my way, I just say, you know, please go. Jesus, just, just go. I got this now. I've I, I made a few, I, I got this for now. I'll get back to you. What an idiot. How silly does it even sound when I say it like this? Jesus is doing these amazing things and the people are like, please go. Please go away. As Jesus, They ask Jesus to go, and guess what he does? He goes. I hate that. I want Jesus to be way more stubborn than that. I don't trust me. If I tell you to go, I'm a moron. I don't even know. I'm out of my mind. So, so don't listen to me. Don't respect my wishes. I can't stand that Jesus is such a gentleman. I can't stand it. I want, I, behold, I stand at the door and knock, it says in Revelation. I don't like that. No. I want, behold, I just kicked in your door and I'm cleaning up. You people are a mess and I just, it's a new day. New sheriffs in town, here we go. Your dysfunction sucks. Your function is gonna be better. I'm giving you holiness, let's go. Right? I need Jesus' gentleman knock like I need a hole in my head. But he loves us, he respects us. He's giving you free will. He's giving you the gift of life to make the call. You decide what you want to do with that life. I'm out here. You want to come in. And I'm like, dude, man, just with a battering ram, just bust it down. 
Come on in. He gets in the boat. And he starts to leave. Guess what the perfectly sane man, now fully dressed and in his right mind, does? Gets in the boat with him. <laughs> Where's he going to go? He's going to go back to the tombs? No, nah, that's where darkness and death lie. I'm, I'm alive now. I've seen the Christ. I'm not going anywhere but with you. I've seen him. Twelve disciples. Thirteen. Right here, brother. I'm in the boat. And it's genius, right? What else would you do? Where are you going to go? Jesus says, no. It's crazy, right? Some of y'all went to VBS. You've been in Sunday school. You've heard about a Jesus who's all about, come on, come. Hey, you want to follow? Follow. Let's go. Come with me. Uh, me and you. This dude, life changed. The whole town is freaking out. He gets in the boat and Jesus goes, oh, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? It's not your boat. Go home. His home was what they called the, the Decapolis, the, the, the 10 villages, 10 cities that were kind of nestled together. And this man is legendary for all the wrong reasons. And Jesus hasn't had a great impact in the, the 10 cities. They haven't recognized him. Remember, Mark's writing about people who don't get it until they finally get it. And the Decapolis, they, they weren't here. Jesus didn't really have much access to their minds, to their hearts, to tell them about the love of the Father. But this man did. And Jesus gives him a new calling, which baffles me. Why, why, why wouldn't he just take him on the boat? Number 13 disciple, let's go. This man's going to be amazing. He is amazing. He turns out to be one of the greatest missionaries who's ever lived. Because he did exactly what Jesus said. He got out of the boat and he went home. Counterintuitive. Not what he desired. And yet, he told everyone Everything the Lord had done for him and how merciful he had been. Watch. Yeah. And so the man obeyed. That's it. It's not rocket science. If you've been in church for a long time, if you're here new for the first time, this isn't really rocket science. You just do whatever the Christ tells you to do. Last time I was here, I told you about Jesus' Jewish mom, remember? Married, they're at a party, and uh, they, they've run out of party supplies. And uh, Mary just says, uh, Jesus, won't you, uh, you know, do your thing? And he's like, Ma, come on. Ma, my time, nah, don't concern me. So Jewish moms are always the coolest people in the room. She looks right over her Jewish son, looks right at the servants and goes, hey, you do whatever he tells you to do. Okay. And they do. As we wrap up, I'm going to invite you to change your posture. I think sometimes when we go to pray, uh, there's, there's, there's lots of ways to do it, but I, I think just, just changing your posture can, can kind of 
focus your attention. Some of you may want to come forward and you might want to, might want to kneel. Some of you might want to literally act out this like submission of what it looks like to look at the Christ and say, I'm yours. You over me, less of me, more of you. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. And as you pray, just listen. Listen, hey, it might come in a small little nudge. It might, it might come with a, with a big cymbal crash and be like, hey, dummy, I've been trying to get your attention forever. I don't know. But as you listen to the gentle voice of the Savior, just do what he tells you to do. You don't have to make a big deal about it. You have to write down the instructions so you don't forget. Just, just get up and do it. Is there something that he's been asking of you? Can, can I have that? Can I, can I have that? Just do what he tells you. Is there something he's been wanting you to begin? Just go and do it. I've been in ministry 30 years. I've never one time heard this testimony. Man, stretch. I started listening to the Holy Spirit, and then I started doing just whatever it said, whether it made sense or not. And uh, yeah, it sucks. Uh, life, life really is not, not good. Never heard that. Not one time. Not one time. 30 years. I hear the regret all the time. Dude, the Lord's been trying to get my attention for a long time, and I just keep telling him maybe go. <laughs> I'll take it from here. A lot of regret. I wish I had obeyed sooner. Don't waste any time today. Before you leave this place, just seal it in your heart. Just cement it all the way down. Whatever you tell me, Lord, I trust you. I'm going to do it. You want me to date that girl? I'll date her. You want me to stop dating that girl? I'll do it. <laughs> you want me to binge watch this show? I've done it. You want me to get rid of my Netflix? Okay, done. <laughs> Whatever he says, just do it. And watch what will happen. It's so cool. It's just this really, really cool, maturing relationship we get to have with the Lord. And the only way we mature in the Lord is by obedience. And the more we just say, okay, yep, I'll do it your way. Yep, I'll do exactly what you say. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm in. The closer he's able to pull you. And sooner or later, and you don't even notice the day that it happens, but you are so intimate with our God, the master of the universe. He crafted you in your mother's womb. Healing in his hands tells the wind and the waves. And as you obey, we get this mature walk with our God. And he digs you. I know this because I'm a daddy. And I used to love having a four-year-old, but I love having a 24-year-old. Because they, we, we now have matured together. We, I've learned how to be a better daddy. They've learned how to be a, a great kid. And, and they trust me. And now I trust them. I'm asking their advice about stuff. And we're like, we're like intimate in a friendship, which is kind of crazy when you think you were changing this person's diaper like a decade ago. And now you're like, and the walk with Jesus the Christ that is maturing. And the only way you get mature in your walk with Christ, obedience. Just do what he tells you. If he tells you to stop, say no more. It's out. If he tells you to come, say no more. I'm in. And watch the intimacy that happens. This Jesus, man, this Jesus is unbelievable. He uses some of the craziest things to get our attention. 
all that bacon just drown. Right? I, I, I can't fathom it. But he digs you. He loves you. And he wants you to see his simple truth. Watch this. This man shows us five things. Real simple. Don't have to write them down. One. God, I'll come to you. The man came running from the tombs to find Jesus. I'm coming to you. I'm moving in your direction. It's a simple prayer. You may never have talked to God before, but if there's something inside of you that's nudging you, you can simply just say, here I am. I'm coming. I got my face, my mind, my eyes, my gaze is towards you. I don't know all the answers. I don't know much about this Bible, but I, I hear that if I just do what you tell me to do, life will start making more sense. So here I am. It's a simple prayer. Number two, I will let you heal me. The guy could have resisted. The demons were begging him. Don't, don't torture us. Don't, don't, don't take us away. Don't heal this man. The man was here for it. Why don't you look at your maker today and just say, God, I'm going to let you heal me. You know that hole that I have in this relationship or this hurt or this baggage or, or this, that, that dysfunction that I, I just carry with me. It's just like this weeping, festering sore. I'm going to let you heal me. be one of the best days of your life when the maker of your life touches you and makes you whole again turns your chaos and your crazy into sanity fully clothed fully sane I'm going to let you heal me here I am you can heal me let him forgive you Allow him to help you forgive yourself. Number three, I will get in your boat. You're the only ones who speaks the words of life. So I'm, I'm here for it, man. I'm, I'm in your boat. Number four, I will get out of your boat if you tell me. Where I want to be is, <laughs> but you told me to get out. And I'm doing just that. Counterintuitive. Makes no sense for this man. Go home. Just do what he tells you. Number five. I'll obey and go wherever you tell me. You're the GPS. You're the map. You're the agenda. I'm done writing my agendas and asking you to bless them like I'm... I, I'm an idiot. I trust you. I will do just what you tell me. I will go where you send me. Whatever it looks like, I'm in. Yeah. Why don't we do this? Why don't you just stand where you are and uh, stretch your legs a little bit. And uh, maybe there's a few of you that just may, may want to make a move to... Uh, to just come and kind of just submit. I mean, the, the, the bowing motion, we just don't do that often. 
I'm thinking about it, I probably should bow to my wife once in a while and say, you know what, you're, you're really important. Your needs are more important than my needs. I, and getting into this type of position, it, it just makes you feel that way. Like I'm, I'm lesser and you're greater and you're, you're really a priority. Doing that with the master can be powerful. So maybe some of you want to make that move. Maybe some of you have never really talked to the Lord, and, but you know that there's something to this Jesus. The one who commands the wind and the waves, the powers of darkness, he has to give permission for. I got to get to know this man. You're going to see up on the screen, there's a, you can just text the word Jesus to a phone number. There's a prayer team here. Uh, and somebody might reach out to you if, you if you text it this week. Not to bug you, just to encourage you. First time I ever looked in the Lord's direction. Let him heal me and forgive me. Bow and submit to him. The feeling of health and function and maturity just washes over you. It's what you're built for. Let's go ahead and talk to your God today. His son's name is Jesus and he is awesome. He is the Christ. His last name is in Christ. He is the Christ, the answer, the rescuer, the healer, the forgiver, our salvation. He's the answer. Marco says it all the time. Jesus is our standard, not religion or not, not tradition and churchy things. Just Jesus is our standard. Do whatever he tells you to do. I promise you there'll be no regrets. Oh, worship team, let's sing. Let's praise the Lord. Don't leave this place until you know that you've really said what you need to say to the lover of your soul. He is Jesus the Christ, and he loves you. He thinks you're so interesting. Even your little quirkiness and your things that make you sort of a little weird, he digs. Let him in. Just open up and let him in. Oh, he loves you so much. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.